Welcome to the Sunday Messages podcast from New Hope Church in Cape Coral, Florida. Our mission is to glorify God by making fully devoted followers of Christ, by belonging together, believing in Christ alone, and blessing our world. And wherever you are on your spiritual journey, we pray today's message brings you hope and help along the way. Good morning again, y'all. Good to see you. I have a question. I asked you a question last week, and I have, you, I have a personal question to ask you this week, and it's personal, so please don't shout it out, all right, when I say this. What wrecks your heart? What wrecks your heart? Last week I asked, what is the, um, what is the thing that you're longing for more than anything else in life? Right now I'm longing for a place to put my Bible. Here we go. Sorry. What's the thing you're longing for is what we asked last week. What's the longing of the human heart? This week, the question's not that. It's what, what wrecks your heart? What is it that, that just closes your heart off? The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart speaks the mouth. And sometimes we don't have things coming out of our mouth that we want, right? Sometimes things aren't where they're supposed to be. Well, this morning, I want to talk to you. We, the series, the little mini-series we're in is called Enough. We talked about how Jesus is enough, and, and I would go further than that. I'd say Jesus is, is more, so much more than enough. But today I want to talk about the idea that Jesus will meet the needs of others through us if we let him. And the reason I ask about what wrecks your heart is because God moves through the heart. In other words, whatever you're thinking, whatever you're feeling, everyone around you, that's what they're getting. He moves through the heart. And then I think that God wants to move in our world through your heart, through your life. He wants to move through the church. Now, all of us could ask, you know, and by the way, I put emojis. Let me see. Go back just for a second, if you would, to the, were there emojis? Gosh, I feel silly right now asking for emojis where there aren't any, okay? Sorry about that. But I ask that of you guys, and some of you, when I, when I tell you that the Lord wants to move through you, there's honestly, some of you have this look with your eyes just going up in the air like, oh boy, what's he going to ask us to do now? You get concerned, and you're like, here we go, he's going to ask something of us. Others might look with that just face of going, I'm, I don't know. I've tried this before. It's not working. I've been trying to fix things. It's not working. And some, just a mad face. Yeah, here we go again. The church asking more and more of us. I get it. God loves me, and you have a wonderful plan for my life. Or even more, you know what? I've been trying so hard to change the world, and I just get angry. It's not working. So when they talk about us changing the world, all of us can have that sense of of fear, of concern, of dismay. This can happen. There's a few with really happy faces. You've seen God work. And the question can come, are we sure that Jesus wants to love the world through us? In other words, is it um, true, is it, is, it, is it possible that God could actually change our world through us? I think he could. I think he wants to. Look at this promise from Jesus out of John chapter 7, verses 37 and following. He calls people to himself. Look what he says. This is crazy. He says, if anyone thirst." Let him come to me and drink. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Now, here's the thing. If you're a Christ follower, 
And you would say, yeah, I'm not really thirsty. We're talking about spiritual thirst here, right? If you're here today and you're like, I'm, I'm not really that thirsty, I'm good. I would just stop right there. <clears throat> I would just take some time, kind of lower your head with nobody looking and say, God, have mercy. I don't even thirst for you. But if you're thirsty, if you want more, Jesus comes to us and he says, let him come to me and drink. He has this invitation to us, but guess what? If we were to say to the whole world, are you thirsty for anything? Is there a, I don't know, a sense of emptiness? Do you feel like you're in an emotional or spiritual drought? If we were to say that to the world, I wonder if they would say, I am so thirsty. And here's Jesus, the Savior of the world. He's coming and he's saying to them, he says to us, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. Now look at this. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, and here's where we're going to kind of focus uh, on, speak out of today. Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Have you ever seen a river? Just, no, I'm not talking about a stream. I'm talking about a, a, just a river. And here's this promise that Jesus is giving to the people right in front of him. He's giving it to us. It belongs to the church. Whoever believes in me, out of his inner being, out of his heart, and by the way, out of his heart, through his mouth, through his life, will come rivers of living water. Isn't that an amazing promise? I mean, there you go, rivers of living water. Not only are we hydrated, but we serve thirsty souls all over Cape Coral. I mean, because this is true, because believers are full of the Holy Spirit, we're just flowing with living water. All the churches and all the uh, world, and especially here in Cape Coral, where we're the very best, man, you're just flowing with water everywhere you go. What, what, what could be better than that? No wonder people are just busting the doors down, not like they can't wait for Sunday morning to come so they can rush to all the churches everywhere to get to this living water. But they're not, are they? But me, man, thank goodness, I've got this blowing in me, so I'm never, ever thirsty. Neither are you, right? We're just always right 24-7, right in the middle of this, oh, just saturated, just completely hydrated with the presence of God. Love, joy, peace just flowing, right? Mm -mm. And I don't think the problem's with the source. Jesus comes, he says, I'll give you rivers of living water, and he's speaking about the Spirit of God, the presence of God flowing, moving in our lives, in our heart, in our family, through us, through the church, into the world. So why does America look like we're in the middle of a drought? We ought to look like the Garden of Eden. We look more like something from a scene from Mad Max. No water. We're thirsty. Why is that? I just wonder if maybe it has something to do with the heart of believers. Because there's not a problem with the source. Jesus literally has everything we need. He is an unending source of beauty, of joy, of power, of encouragement. This is who he is. And he comes and he says, and, and now we're 
I'm going to give you rivers of living water. And if you're like me, sometimes it gets blocked up right here. So I want to talk about that. We're going back to Ephesians chapter 1 today as we continue to unpack. And remember Ephesians really quickly. Paul is writing a letter to his beloved Ephesians. There's his church. He was actually there three years. I said a year and a half last week. And uh, then I read the Bible and found out, no, it's actually three years. So I reread it and there he is. Uh, three years, he loved them and, he, and he's about to tell them how to live. But before he tells them how to live, he says, look, I want you to know why you have life. I want you to know what God has done so that you'll be able to have the strength to do these difficult things I'm, I'm calling you to do. So we're continuing to unpack that. And I'm going to, as we go through the scriptures today, to figure out how it is that we can have this living water flowing through our lives, I'm going to tap into some personal experiences. <clears throat> I want to be careful as I share this because I know it could cause you to be very sad for me and, and it could be very self-centered, but I've had serious plumbing issues lately. So I'm going to use our plumbing issues to help explain how things should flow because we've had things not flowing at our house. So first of all, I want to talk to you about fixing your faucet, all right? If the heart is where the Spirit of God is going to flow through out of the mouth, if the, if the joy we have, the goodness, the, the, the experiencing of God is our heart, is happening in our heart, and it flows through that into the world, um, the first thing you got to do is fix your faucet. Take a look at this picture of a faucet. Oh, there we go. Isn't that lovely? Yeah, so <clears throat> the reason it's upside down is because that's a faucet that's supposed to go to our ice maker. We were so excited. We got a new refrigerator the other day and had a freezer with an ice maker. You know what we don't have? We don't have ice because this is the faucet that's supposed to let the water flow through. It is crusty. Now, that is behind our refrigerator. Our house doesn't look like that. Our house is always spotless. <laughs> but there are hidden places there like this, just like your house, right? And, and, and look at that. Whenever the plumber or the guy who hooked up our refrigerator, he's back there and he's working on it and he goes, no, 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 this isn't going to work. I'm like, well, get a new tube. Get a new light. What's wrong? He goes, no, it's, it's your supply. I can't turn the faucet on. And I'm looking. It's dripping water. There's a little bit of water there. You can't turn it on. It's crusty and rusty and clogged up with mineral deposits. It's a little like some of our hearts, doesn't it? A little bit of water there. A little bit of the Lord seeping out. Not a flow because we've gotten crusty and rusty and there's deposits in there. There's junk that we've picked up along the way. There's attitudes. There's ideas. There's things that, I don't know, let's face it, Cape Coral water, it's better than no water. <laughs> it's a lot like the world. It's better than nothing. It's all we've got, but it's kind of crusty. There's, there's stuff in there that you want to filter, and sometimes we don't filter enough, and our heart gets a little like this. I love the way that God uh, speaks to our hearts when he uh, gives us the word, when he gives us the word of God. Look what he said. Remember this from last week in Ephesians 1, 7, 8. Look how he speaks to the, the heart of our problem, and it changes our heart. We're reminded, Ephesians 1, 7, and 8, in him, in our relationship with Jesus Christ, we have redemption. Remember this, through the blood. What a high price he's paid for you to be forgiven. 
and me to be forgiven. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. Whenever we had this sense of, God, I want to come near to you, but I recognize the sin, the fact that I've gone my own way. When you hear that word sin, don't think about other people, and don't think about going out and murdering or worse things you can imagine. Just think about the fact that God has a way of doing things, and we do it differently. Basically, we do it our way. God says, I'm the creator, I'm God, do it my way. I know how it works. Obey me, do it my way. And we go, no, we're going to do it our way. That's sin. When we do it our own way, and it brings crustiness. It junks up our heart. And so how cool when we come to realize, Lord, we've been doing it our own way. We're sorry. We agree with you. Please forgive us. And then, because of the price he paid through Jesus Christ, he renews, he cleanses, he forgives all of our sins. And then we have this flowing heart again. There's nothing between us. The forgiveness of sins, look at this, uh, of our trespasses, according, this is important, to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. Paul's using these words, y'all. He's writing theology, but he can't help himself. He's writing a love letter. He's telling the Ephesians, I'm telling you, you've been washed with grace. It's forgiveness has been lavished on you. And, and I'll be honest, if you're not sure you've ever sinned, if you're pretty sure you only needed a little bit, you probably don't respond like I do with this love that says, I can't believe what you've done. Thank you for forgiving me for all of my sins. But in the presence of the Lord, there'll be a day when every one of us will look at our lives and go, oh my goodness, there was so much more. You truly lavished on me so much kindness. I'll tell you why it's important. If you don't know what he's done, if you can't measure in your heart the wonder, it's like I, I want to tell you about the Grand Canyon and all your picturing's a ditch. I want to tell you about the ocean, and you're seeing a stagnant pond. No, there's just a little bit of sand. I was pretty good. Yeah, of course I sinned, but no, no, no. You were wretchedly lost and dead like me, rebellious in every thought, just like me. This is what he came and forgave. It's important not to be mean. Again, we're all in it together, but just so you can measure his kindness because he's lavished it on you reason it's so important is because one of the things that gunk us up more than anything is an unforgiving heart for others. You see, of all the minerals that find a deposit in our hearts, nothing's worse than unforgiveness. Because the Lord looks down at his sweet children and he goes, I've forgiven each one of you so much, so much, because I see everything, every thought, every attitude, every minute, every day of every day you've ever lived. I've seen it all and still come to you and say, I forgive you. I, I'm glad to forgive you. I've got plenty in the bank because Jesus shed his blood. It's, it's all you need. I've given you a ton of forgiveness. Don't worry. I was happy to do it. But then he sees us turn to a brother or sister who's offended us. They did a thing. It was a bad day. And we're going to hold that against them. It was a week. It was a bad month. You might even look and say, Pastor Chuck, you don't get it. I went through this for years. And that's why I'm not your judge, because I don't get it. He does. And he looks at you and he says, forgive. 
even as you've been forgiven. Look at this passage, this next one. This is out of Colossians 3.12. Because we're Christ followers, God tells us by the Holy Spirit through Paul as he writes this, put on then as God's chosen ones. Remember we talked about that last week? Holy and beloved. Put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bearing with one another, really quick. Remember when you were a little kid and it was Sunday or there was a special event to go to, maybe a wedding or something like that. Mom had to get you ready for she'd like take a bath. And maybe if you were little, little kids, I can still picture my kids and I'd have to bathe them. So much fun. I, I had three who were the same age at the same time. We, they were tiny. I'd put them in a tub. I'd be like, face the wall. They'd face the wall and I'd take the scrubber. Lift your legs. They'd lift their legs, and I'd scrub everything. And, yeah, we would clean them up. My kids would kill me if they heard that. But none of those kids go to this church now, so I can talk about them. But God cleaned us up, didn't he? Remember how, how um, then mom would give you clean underwear and some clean socks and, and even dress you? Remember when you would dress your kids, you put the clothes on them? Guess what the Lord's done for us? Clothe yourself in humility and kindness. And patient. Where am I going to get those clothes? I'm the Lord. I'm the Spirit of God. Put my clothes on that I got for you. That's what he's saying. Put them on. Then he says, if one has a complaint against each other, forgive each other. Well, how do I do that? As the Lord has forgiven you. You also, what's that word? Must. Forgive. See, so many of us are satisfied with that crusty, rusty faucet of a heart because we've just explained it away. And we tell ourselves, it's not that bad. It's better than theirs. I still get water out of it. And the Lord says, uh-uh. This is the standard for a believer, not for great believers, not for pastor believers. We're certainly not great believers. For believers. If you would say, oh, yeah, I believe Jesus forgave my sins, it's for you. And what I'm telling you today is if your faucet is crusty, you're not producing the kind of fruit that the world, the, not, the, the flow of the presence of God is not coming through your life like God designed it to be, like he designed you to be. And the world is so thirsty, it, it, it needs his presence strongly in our lives. Not a little church on Sundays for you, beloved. It's not about you. The joy of the Lord doesn't come because he's come and given us what we want alone. Yeah, I love what Pastor Philip said. It's so true. He lavishes such fun, great things on us, and yet it's part of honoring him. He's the center of the story we're going to talk about in just a second. And so because of that, did you notice all the things we're to do here? Put on, as God shows you in holy and beloved, compassionate heart, kindness, humility, meekness, how all of these things, have you noticed how all of these things have to do with somebody else? Think about it for a second. If you're by yourself in a room, who are you being compassionate to? What's it matter if you're meek, if you're in solitary confinement? 
Do you really need to forgive anybody if you're not around anybody? These are all about community. So the point of the faucet, the point of pouring it out, the point of the rivers of living water is to impact our world. Number one, fix our faucet. Fix our faucet. Go in, and, and here's what I would say. The reason those two verses are together is because if you say, yeah, I'm not always compassionate. Sometimes people are hurting and dying, and I'm like, yeah, you probably did it to yourself, or however that works. Kindness, humility, yeah, you don't understand. I'm awesome. Sure you are, but compared to Jesus, you may want to have a little more humility. Meekness, patience, uh, I really, I, I struggle with that one. I want it, I just want it right now. Bearing with one another, all of these things, and especially forgiving. If you are hearing all of that, and you look at your heart, and you're like, no, I got the crusty faucet, it's okay. Remember what we said before then, he's forgiven us our sins. Go to the cross today. Lord Jesus, please forgive me. I agree with you. Not, oh, you understand. No, I agree with you, God. Your standard is right, and I want life. And so, you know what that means? I agree is the same thing as confessing your sins. I agree with you, Lord. Please forgive me, and please help me. I won't be satisfied with living crusty fauceted, a little bit of water coming out, when I could have rivers of living water flowing from my soul. Step one, fix your faucet. Step two, check your pipes. Check your pipes. Every um, house has blueprints, right, when it's being built, that tells where the plumbing goes, where everything goes, but we're talking about plumbing today. <clears throat> and when they build the house, they're like, okay, we're going to have plumbing coming from the main. That's that huge water main that provides water to all the houses on the block. It's going to come in, and we want to make sure that we have good piping so that the water goes, you know, uh, to, the, to the clothes washer, to the washer, needs to go to the bathroom. Lots of water in the bathrooms because we want to wash a lot of stuff away. You see the importance of flowing water right now? Are you, are you getting a picture in your head? Bathroom, water's flowing to wash stuff away. We want it in the kitchen because we want to wash our dishes. This is where the water goes, these places where you want flowing water to clean stuff off. Check your pipes. If things aren't right, you may have a bit of a leak. Look at my drip. I, I really couldn't take better pictures because my wife would be like, why are you showing them the holes in our ceilings, uh, Chuck? And she will be here next service. So I'm not doing all of it. But if you came to my house, you would see where that sweet little tiny drip right there um, created. Well, now we've got two by four foot holes in our ceiling where the workmen have come and cut open the ceiling to find out where the drip was coming from, and they found mold, and they found stuff. Because when water's not coming out where it's supposed to, it makes an absolute mess. Check your pipes. And what I mean by that is there's a plan. God has a plan. I said it earlier, you know, God loves you, and I have a wonderful plan for your life. No, that doesn't work. Oftentimes, we even say, God, what is, what is your plan for me? Just show me your plan, and I'll do it. What's your plan for me? And again, it can be very self-centered. Well, God does have plans for you, but they fit within his big plan. Here's where I want to go with this, especially if you're someone who struggles with anxiety, if, you, if you're a little bit controlling, if you're, you're just frustrated because you don't like the way things are going. You had a plan, right, and it's not working. Well, I'm going to kind of set you free from that. Look what the scripture says. He's got a plan. Uh, God does. The Bible says this. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will. 
regarding Christ. And here it is, which is to fulfill his own good plan. Here's the plan. At the right time, Ephesians 1, 9 and 10, at the right time, God, the Father, will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. That's the plan. Now, I know it's kind of, you know, big picture, but the truth is, y'all, this is where history's going. I mean, oftentimes I'll tell people, God's just writing your story in a, a different way right now. It's kind of strange. I, I've told people, I don't, I don't know what God's doing, but he's writing your story. And I know right now you're in the middle of a tragic chapter, but it's going to move on. And it's so fun to sit back as a pastor and watch the Lord write your stories and hear all your stories. But guess what? Your story only works because it's part of his story. There's only one big story here, and that is what the creator is doing to redeem all creation to himself and to glorify and honor himself because that's what makes his creation really happy. Strangely enough, when we, when God is really glorified, when we recognize his beauty, when he has freedom to do and to be everything that he was called or that, that he's going to be, everything he is, and we can see it, we are the happiest we can be. Here's the thing. Is your life lining up with his plan to bring everything underneath the authority of Jesus Christ? If you're not sure, you can start with asking yourself, is my heart and my life under the authority of Jesus. In other words, am I doing whatever Jesus said to do? Do I obey him when he says to me to love one another? When he says, don't forsake the fellowshipping of the saints together. When he says, don't get drunk with wine or food or this or that or the other, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you like, yes, Lord? Yes, Lord, I will do that. When he says, offer yourself as a living sacrifice, do you tell him, yes, Lord, I belong to you, every bit of me, because that's the plan of God. He's bringing all creation underneath the lordship of Christ. Now, there's a part of creation that's going to go, no, 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 not going to do it. I don't want you to be my king. And Jesus says, all right, but in the end, there'll be two kingdoms, one going one way and one going the other. Choose your king. I like his plan. I want to be with him. I mean, he's going to work out his plan one way or the other. And here's what I know. In those times when I'm working out my plan, when I'm trying to control it, when I'm trying to make it work so that I'm happy right now, like I just need my happiness this week. I told you, I have patience issues. In those times, that anxiety that's generated the helplessness helps me realize I need to surrender to the sovereign of the universe, to God. It's his plan. Check your pipes. Check the plan that your life is following. Are you submitted to the lordship of Christ? Do you find him a worthy king? Or are you a better king? I like his lordship. I don't always like it but I know it's best for me. And in the end, when I look back after I've obeyed him, I'm like, nope, that was a really good idea. And if you're not sure, check it out. This is what Jesus said, John 7, 17. He says, anyone who chooses to do the will of God, in other words, if that's your heart, 
If that's your motives, if you're like, no, no, I'm going to obey God. Anybody who chooses to do that will find out whether my teaching comes from God, Jesus said, or whether I speak on my own. Uh, I'm reminded, even as I say that, of a story not too long ago of a young adult who's just amazing, who came to us and she kind of talked to her group and I overheard about it, just how she's just chosen to obey the will of God in these different areas. And every time she chooses to do it, she sees blessing and she knows the Lord more and more. And I find myself going, yes, Lord. And it makes me think, God, I wish we would all do that. I want to do that. Can I invite you, if you're bored with God, if your life's, eh, it's good, you know, if the paycheck's good, if the life is easy, if that's all you got, choose to do the will of God. Check your pipes. Make sure that you're giving the energy where it goes. Make sure that the water's coming out where it's supposed to, that there's no leaks, that you're doing what God's called you to do with your life. Finally, turn on the main. So after they, whenever they went to go do a lot of work at our house, the first thing they did, plumbers, of course, you turn off the water to the house because they're cutting pipes and there's water going everywhere. So you turn off the water to the house so you can do the work and you replace the crusty faucet I can still see in my mind. And you get those pipes that are leaking and you fix everything. And then you turn, you know, everything's ready, everything's clean and new. Which, by the way, when you come to Christ, all things are made, what? All things are made new. Even though they can get crusty again if we're not careful. But once you get everything cleaned up, you go and you turn on the main. And all that wonderful clean water comes rushing through again. In the same way, we want to turn on the main. We want to connect with the main source of life. So let's go back to that invitation again that we started out with. Jesus is talking. He says... If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And over and over he says, come to me, come to me, come to me. In so many different ways. So now he says, if you're thirsty, if you, when I say if you're spiritually thirsty, what I mean is if emotionally you don't have joy, you're struggling with love, there's fear in your life, you're not in control, you don't really want to be nice. If that's where you're at, believe me, you're very thirsty. That means your spirit is thirsty. That's what that means. You need spiritual hydration. If anyone finds himself that way, if you're thirsty, come to Jesus, he says, and drink, drink deeply. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his heart will flow what? Rivers of living water. Not, not drops, y'all. Rivers of living water. What would happen if every believer who said yes to the gospel had rivers of living water flowing from his belly, would that not radically, radically change our nation so fast? Faster than any election. Faster than money coming out of our ears. Faster than anything you can imagine. As if the church was flowing with the joy and the power of the Lord. You know how I know that? It's because I see it all the time. Pockets of people in love with one another. Giving their lives away. It's all over this place. Pockets of people in love with one another, in love with the Lord, giving their lives away. It's beautiful. You can't imagine it. That's how things happen around here. And I just, I'm like, God, give us more and more. The enemy works against us. He works against me. That's why I get crusty and rusty. But when I do, I go, God, help me. And, and I'm inviting us as a church family that each individual one of us would say, don't let my heart stay crusty and rusty, because you and you and you and you and you all together, that's when the river flows. 
It's not enough that there's a, a few hot spots. You're like, it doesn't matter if I'm not good. There's other people. No, it deeply matters for us and for you forever. If you're completely surrendered to Christ and say, Lord, flow through me. Please don't settle for another day, crusty and rusty. It matters that much. There's a new, I pray, mindset in our church. And, and not that it's not a great church. It is. That's why I'm here. I love this church. I love Pastor David, his leadership. It attracted me. The presence of God, the risk-taking to do whatever it takes for the kingdom of God. But this new mindset that, that I'm hoping God is growing here is one that says, you know what? It's okay if you hurt my feelings to get things done. Because what's coming, the kingdom of God, is more important than us accidentally bumping each other and hurting our feelings a little bit. And so the way it works is if I do something to hurt your feelings, please tell me. And if you hurt my feelings, I'm going to come tell you. If, um, if we're struggling with sin, don't let me just struggle until I drift away. Come to me and tell me. Love me enough to step on my toes. You're starting to feel the weight of the fact that we've been lavished with grace that he's worth it, he is worth it. And apparently he thinks they're worth it because he thought you were worth it. When I say worth, I mean literally the blood of his son, the suffering of Christ. And so we don't settle for crusty faucet hearts. We, we make sure our plans line up and then we, we turn on the main. The promise, he says, uh, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. And then John comments on what Jesus has said. John, the writer, he comments, he says, now this Jesus said, he said, about the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, whom those who believed in him were going to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Here's the timeline. The Gospels, when you read the New Testament, the Gospels are the life of Jesus. It's a different tellings, different stories of perspectives of how Jesus came and he lived and he died and he rose again. After the Gospels, you've got the book of Acts. The book of Acts is when the church is born. Jesus has died. He's risen again, resurrected Lord. Forty days later, he goes up to the Father where he's sitting right now at the right hand of God. Amazing. But he gave birth to the church by the Holy Spirit. Everyone who believes was sealed with the Spirit of God. That's where we're at right now in the timeline. Jesus was saying one day the Spirit of God's coming. That day came at Pentecost. That's why Ephesians 1.13 says, and when you believed in Christ, he, Jesus, identified you, you, as his own. You belong to God. I belong to God by the giving of the Holy Spirit. If you've trusted Christ, the Spirit of God's inside you. That's why we think and live and do the things we do, which he promised long ago. This great river. Not a river. It's God. Very presence. Person. This person. God. You're like, what's he like again? That's so hard to understand. Look at Jesus. See how he acted. See how he loved. See how kind he was. See how powerful he was. That's our God. Intimacy with God creates rivers of living water. That's the spirit, another manifestation of God. That's so powerful, whoever you relate with, 
gets wet, gets impacted by it. Well, as we land this plane, you're like, how do I do this? I want to come to God. I don't know if I can now after all I've done. Well, the old, in the New Testament and book of Revelations, you might remember there's some letters that he writes to churches. There's this verse that we quote all the time to unbelievers, but it was written to us, to the church. And look what he says. Behold, the Bible says, um, I stand at the door. Look, I got excited and lost it. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in to him and eat with him, he with me. What could be more intimate than that? Can you imagine looking over at Jesus and saying, Jesus, you got something on your chin right there. That's intimate, right? It's intimate. It's what he says to us. I'm knocking. Something happened in this service and you hear God's word and his word moves you. up to you to open the door this great God who speaks galaxies into being taps on the door of your heart and says would you like to let me in to believers don't settle for crusty you're worth more than that your life is but it's not just about you. We're the church. We are literally by far the most powerful force on earth as we submit to the Lord, say yes, and enjoy intimacy with him and rivers of living water flow from our heart. Father, we love you. You know our hearts right now, God. There's not one of us here that don't have a little bit of crusty and rusty up in here, Lord. And you know, we've got deposits because we live in the world. That's why you wash us. That's why you cleanse us with the word. God, I pray every heart, you would just come meet us right where we're at. Tell us what we need. Have we accepted bitterness, anxiety, addictions, anything, God? Have we accepted any sort of crusty, sinful deposits to be there because, well, I'm not going to hell. God, in Jesus' name, you called us to be holy and blameless before you. You've committed to that. You're working that for us, but you allow us to partner. In Jesus' name, God, help us now to see it clearly. Help us to feel the weight of both the opportunity and how we could lose this opportunity to live for you if we don't respond when you knock on the door. Y'all with our heads bowed just for a minute, our eyes closed. If you are believer today, but you know that faucet's crusty, you're frustrated because you're trying to plan things and, and you haven't even thought twice about God being the center of everything the one who should rule your life. He's not the center of your life. You need to change that. Whatever the need is today, remember 
that cross is a reminder. He's already told you, yes, I love you. Of course, I'll wash all this away. Of course, I'll forgive your sins. Of course, I'll help you do what is right. Would you come to him with a heart that says, yes, Lord. Anyone who would do the will of God, you'll know that what he says is true. So tell him, yes, Lord. Maybe you're here today and you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life. You said a prayer a long time ago, or maybe you just sort of believe in God, but you've never just said, no, no, I need you to be my king. You're worth me surrendering my life. And somehow by the spirit of God today, you know that it's right. And you want to, I'm telling you, just, just tell him, Lord Jesus, please forgive my sins. I trust that you'll do that. You died for me. You took my punishment so I don't have to. So thank you. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Fill me up, Holy Spirit. Let me live for you. God, I I won't do it perfectly, but I'm making you my Lord, my King. When I fall, thank you for forgiving me. But help me, help me, Lord, to live for you. I want to know the joy of the Lord. I want this rivers, rivers of living water. I want it for my family. I want it for my world. I want it for me. Tell them. Father, you know our hearts today. God, how I pray you'll break out, not just in New Hope, but in the church. God, that you would show us your glory. We ask for all of this in your precious name. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's podcast. We hope it's been an encouragement to you. You can find more free resources, learn about our church, and partner with us financially when you visit us online at newhopecapecoral.com. Also, if you have a question or a story to share, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line on the contact page, once again, at newhopecapecoral.com. Finally, if this message was a blessing to you, would you take a moment to share that blessing with others? You can do that by subscribing on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen, and by leaving a review to share your story with others. Thanks again for tuning in and for helping us share the hope of Jesus with the world he loves. We'll see you next time.